0: Son the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Today we have the, the passage of God is smoking pot, not God smoking pot, but God has a smoking pot, right? Uh, this, is, this is not one of those vacation Bible school stories where, okay, now we're going to get the animals and we're going to cut them in two and then we're going to walk across, across the even the, even the gospel really, one isn't isn't so much a vacation Bible school story. Um, but this is this is a powerful um, reflection of, of who God is and the God that that we we want to worship and the God that we want to be in relationship with, that oftentimes we, if we're honest with ourselves, we we sort of minimize who God is, and, and, the, and the power of God, and, and, the, and the love of God. So remember, remember, the, remember some of the, the things that have happened, you don't have to review too much, only in Genesis 15, so not much has happened in the Bible. We have creation, and God says to Adam, you be fruitful and multiply. And then, there's a flood, and all the people are wiped out, um, and God says again, be fruitful and multiply, and then there's a big long list that you've probably skipped if you've ever tried to read the Bible uh, from beginning to end, and all of a sudden you get to Genesis 10, 11 you you're like, oh my golly, there's names upon names upon names of people who were fruitful and multiplied until we get to Abram and Sarah, who were barren. Right? Sarah was barren, and so they were that's so where we end with with this, this passage in Genesis. Uh, 11 of this couple, after all of this fruitful and multiplying, stuff of this old couple who, who have not. And Genesis 12 begins with God calling Abram and saying, I'm going to make you a great nation. Go to a land that I'm going to show you. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And so Abram and Messiah and um, Lot and, and some of their other, other people uh, the servants and things in the household, they, they all leave and they go to this land and they sort of pass by the land, they go to Egypt come back from Egypt, Lot separates from Abram Lot gets in trouble, Abram rescues Lot and, and so now this is where we are and God says don't worry I'll make you i I'll be a shield about you, I'll protect you and Abram's response is not "Thank you, God." It's "Who cares? Where have you been? What are you doing?" Right? It's a, it's it's really a, it's a lament. It would be in the Psalms if it was really sort of fit into the Psalms. It's a it's a complaint, which is what a lament is. We say lament. That's a very episcopal and religious word to say. We're complaining to God, right? They're, he's complaining. I have everything, right? We just read in in the passage right before, Abram is rich. He's got lots of stuff. He's got wealth. He's got livestock. He's got servants. What he doesn't have are kids to pass this down to. How am I going to be a great nation if I don't have any heirs? You promised me heirs. Where are they? I'm going to be passing everything down to my slave. This isn't right, and God says, Hoa, just, just, wait. I'll make. Go outside and look to the, to the to the to the sky. I'll make your heirs as the stars in the heaven. If you can count all those." And Abram says. Okay. But I, but I think, and then we have the covenant, and we'll get to the covenant, but I think we, we don't want to fly by the complaining. We don't want to f- fly by the complaining because uh, it's become, our relationship with God, especially in this country, um, has become polite. Right? Our prayers always sort of end with, If it's your will, right? We we sort of that's like the catch-all for this. Like we pray for Jim, Lord. We pray for Jim that he that he that you heal him and bless him and nurture him. If it's your will, it's not your will. Yeah, right. We like we don't. I mean, we sort of we we don't really empty ourselves a lot of times for God. And if we're if we're honest about about um, our relationship with God, we. We need to complain because complaining does a a few things. It makes our problems God's problem, right? I mean, we've got problems. And when you say, God, I have problems, then then all of a sudden those problems become God's problems. And and this is what, what being in a relationship is, right? This is a relationship with anybody. Things are going on in your life. You... Bring somebody else in to those problems. You don't just thrust them on somebody, but but, we're, but as, we, as we deal with it, we, we need to be honest with, with what we're going through. We need to be honest about what's happening. But secondly, when we complain to God, which may be different than complaining in, in life, When we complain to God, we're we're sort of complaining because we think God can fix those things. Like that's, in, in some ways, this is really a response of faith, right? You wouldn't bother complaining to God if you didn't think God could do something, right? You complain to God because thirdly, and maybe most importantly is, God's made promises, and you want to remind God of those promises, right? I mean, we don't like to say it that way. Now you're, now you're treading on thin ice. Better step away. There might be lightning or something, right? But it, I don't think so, right? God says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to make you be able to have the strength to stand up for my name. I'll give you the words. You don't have to fear. You just have to trust. All of these things, right? God says it so, you know, we can say to God, God, you said, if I trust you, if I walk in this way, you'll be here, you'll be present, you'll bless. It doesn't always mean everything works out exactly the way it doesn't, and Abram doesn't get it right, as we might well know the first time, right? He doesn't, he's not patient enough for waiting for the, the right heir Sarah. But, but nonetheless, um, when, we, when we trust that God will, will be with us, when we remind God of these promises, um, that relationship is strengthened. It becomes authentic. It becomes real. And not just then for complaining, but for praise, for thanksgiving, for worship, for honor, for all of of those, because then it becomes intimate. We talked about this a little bit ago. Lots of us are are happy enough to keep God sort of over here. Um, We don't want to climb up the mountain of transfiguration. We don't want to be transfigured. We don't want to see the glory of God. We like God just how we have him right over there in a little box, and so God should sit. But we see the kind of God we have. We have a God that says, look, take these animals, cut them in two, and put them on here, and then I'm going to walk through them. And what that is, is sort of an ancient blood covenant. And what generally happens when, when two parties would do this is you would both walk through the animal carcasses, which basically say, if I break my covenant pledge with you, may I become like one of these animals. Right? And that's sort of the point. If if I break my promise, so may I be like one of these. And when God passes through, Abram does it. It's only God. And so this is this is God making an unconditional promise. So many of the covenants that, that are after this in the Bible, when we talk about the covenants of God, are these sort of conditional covenants, like the 10 commandments in the mosaic covenant where god says if you keep my commands if you keep my laws you will be my people and i will be your god if if you then this right this isn't an if situation this is god saying i keep my promise you will be a great nation you'll be an heir right, your heirs will be like the stars of the sky like the sand of the sea And if not, may death fall upon me. And as we well know, God keeps that promise too. This is what Jesus is saying today in the passage when they're like, Herod's going to kill you. Tell that fox, I'm not going to die in Galilee. Jerusalem's the place that kills all the prophets. I'm heading there. Jesus can be funny. You know, we don't we think that Jesus is always just very serious. Jesus can be shocking. But Jesus is also preparing for that reality. I wish I could be like. A mother hen that just gathers her brood of chicks. Again, another protective image where where I've never seen it, but I've heard the stories where barnyard fires come through and there's a burnt corpse of a chicken and underneath are live baby chicks that the mother hen was able to protect. This is what Jesus is saying. I wish I could do this. And indeed, he does. Right, this, is, this is the cross, and this is why Paul in Philippians says that I told you about these enemies of the cross. Because we have a God who is willing to die for us. His willing to die for the sins of the whole world. This is indeed the gospel message. This is indeed the gospel joy. This is the good news that we have a God who Keeps the covenants that are made. Which brings us back full circle to us to say, in our life of prayer and worship, we should not hold back. We should be real, complain, sad, agonize, cry out be exuberant depending on on the situations. Right. We need to be emotional with God. And that's been beat down, I think, in church for a long time. But we're supposed to be very polite and all of our all of our colleagues are very polite with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. I mean they're good solid prayers corporately. But privately especially. Make your problems God's problems. Allow God to come to you, to bless you, to heal you, and trust that God will respond with you in the exact way that God responded to Abram. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, help us. Help us to make our problems your problems. To align our desires with your desires. Help us to break down the walls that we've created that we might have true intimacy with you. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your grace and your love, your healing and your blessing upon each person in this parish. Open our hearts to receive you fully. Open our minds And tear down those barriers. That we might freely approach you. That we might cry out to you. That we might hear you. For this is the promise that you make to us. We are your beloved. With us, you are well pleased. Help us be those children that you call us to be. Amen.